Welcome to Sitting on the Remote. My name is Hannah. And my name is Nathan. And we are finally doing this podcast that we have talked about for years. Literally years we've talked about doing this and we're finally, we're actually sitting down and we're doing it, which is exciting. It is really exciting. You know, we have a, you know, Google Docs and Google Keep notes of so many ideas and so we that have just been kind of sitting dormant for a couple of years since though. high school i remember in high school is when we wanted to do this podcast and <laughs> yep, we're finally and doing it several years since then um but now we're yeah like we said we're sitting down we're doing it and so uh let's see what movie are we talking about today so today we are talking about mega mind this movie is peak <laughs> dude <laughs> dreamworks animation film made in 2010 yes and their second best film they made in 2010 <laughs> What was the first? How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, that might yeah. be their best movie. Period. Those are both 2010. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always forget that. Yeah. That is well, really cool. This also came out around the same time that Despicable Me did, and I don't know oh. why Despicable Me kind of became hugely popular. Yeah. Instead of Megamind. I love um, Megamind. Although, are we happy that Megamind is not being turned into a franchise? Except now it is. Yeah. This is that's what prompted us to actually <laughs> talk about Megamind today. Was we saw the uh, the trailer for the streaming movie and show they're making it does not look great from the animation to just the premise of it It just is it necessary that's not exactly no. what we're talking about today i think we're just trying to cleanse our palates by watching the original great movie <laughs> <laughs> and just talking about how awesome it is and it has a great message it is funny the animation holds up great for like what like 14 years later. Yeah, especially yeah. when looking at the sequel they're making. To be fair, it did have a streaming budget. So it's akin to one of those like Netflix Dreamworks shows they made where the animation yeah. is lower quality, but that doesn't mean the storytelling is should be bad. Exactly. But like everything about it just looks not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Megamind did not need a sequel. We've been wanting one for a long time just because it's like, yeah, do something like that again, but this is not what we meant. This yeah. is not what we meant. It's a great character, but it's such a good character that it's like easy to mess it up. I mean, we don't have Will Ferrell as Megamind. Yeah. So he sounds different. And do we know why that is? Like, do you happen to know why Will Ferrell didn't come back for this role? Perhaps that it wasn't. It's not high profile. It's just a streaming show. So right. It's lower budget, which means he probably wouldn't be getting paid as much to do it. Yeah. I didn't know if he'd like... I don't know if he disagreed with the concept of them making this, and so he decided. I know not that to. happened with uh, Elf. They wanted to make a sequel to Elf, and he right. said, "No, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to come back and do that." So, so maybe that might have been the case. Something similar. Yeah. Well, that's telling. If that is the case, then there that, you go. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we just finished watching the movie, and oh, it's so good. I just, I smile so much watching this movie there are so many funny parts and just so many good little just animation you know just when they gesture details and as they talk, yeah. yes like so many <laughs> yeah that whatever i just said was not a sentence <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah just the gestures they make when talking their facial expressions like there are so many minor things that just bring this movie to life and i just love it so much and something we were kind of note, we kind of a theme, I guess, we've been noticing throughout this movie. I mean, this movie is, of course, kind of about, you know, your own fate and whether fate is something that is predetermined or something that you can choose for yourself. And so kind of going off that, we also were noticing there's definitely a theme of like a self-fulfilling prophecy when it comes to many of the characters in this show. Right. Yeah. Like, I guess just as a brief overview you know, Megamind, we also cut out with the self-fulfilling prophecy and like they believe that they just have to take what they're given, like their lot yeah. in life kind of a thing. But like Megamind breaks away from that. Yeah. Metro Man breaks away from that. Roxanne even breaks away from that in a sense because, you know, everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone expects her yeah. to be a certain way because she is that news reporter and mm -hmm. kind and of the damsel in distress. But she's more than that, you know? Yeah. And Hal was... Was he unable to, per se, to unable break to away what? from that? Maybe. Uh, or just, I don't know. He, he did it he, in the he, wrong way. <laughs> yeah, if he did, he kind of did it in the wrong way. Yeah, that's an interesting question even to bring up is like, was he the only character in the movie that didn't make something else for himself yeah. out of what he was given? It's possible because he was hung up on Roxanne the whole time and then he was a hero. And I mean, he was trying to make himself into a villain. 
but I don't know. If yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's not necessarily constructive. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, it's not constructive. It's an arc. It's not a positive one, but it's an arc. <laughs> so yeah, going with the self fulfilling prophecy, like just right from the very beginning of the movie, I noticed this just at the schoolhouse with Megamind and Metro Man just interacting with the other kids and how just from the beginning uh Megamind is perceived as the bad kid and Metro Man is perceived as the good kid and they believe what they're told and then they act accordingly you know and so even when Megamind tries to be nice he tries to make popcorn for the class he tries to win them over it goes wrong and everyone just still sees him as the bad kid, even though he was trying. Mm -hmm. And so he begins to think, he's like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I am a bad kid. And it just, the cycle continues. Same thing with Metro Man. He happened to start out in a, you know, a really good home. In a privileged position. Yes. And so that's just kind of continued. You know, everyone sees him as the good kid. He helps save the day. And then he just continues to be the good kid. And this just follows them into their roles as adults, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was even saying while we were watching the movie is like a lot of times, you know, kids are like in like elementary school and like middle school kids struggle with like mental illnesses like um, ADHD or I'm trying to think of other ones like I, don't know, I think maybe... ADHD is a good one because that is in particular that's a learning disorder. Yeah. And so that shows up in school a lot where kids yeah, they can't who focus, are perfectly they... smart are considered unintelligent or bad kids simply because because mm, they're troublemakers they, they have high energy yeah yeah so they're like oh yep those kids are they're the troublemakers they're the ones who get sent to time out or yeah. get sent to detention detention a lot and <clears throat> it's not any fault of their own it's just yeah because they struggle and megamind was different not through any fault of his own just from where he was born yeah on an alien planet with blue skin <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> still you know yeah, and so it really just makes you think how we do have to be really careful what we tell kids, you know, like the kids in your life or even just anyone in your life, you know, you don't want to reinforce the idea that, you know, they They're have a to be way. a certain yeah. something. Kids are sponges. They're going to yeah. take whatever you tell them, even it, even things you unintentionally tell them or absolutely or give them, you know, so mm -hmm. because of just the way they were both raised and told in their childhoods, they became that. Mm-hmm in a sense, you know, or thought that that's what they had to become. So they consistently pursued that. Um, and then, you know, something happens that kind of turns the whole thing on its head. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about them pursuing their own goals. Megamind was pursuing this goal of, I want to defeat Metro Man. But that wasn't really what he wanted. He just wanted to, to fight Metro Man and have, you know, that banter that back and forth hero villain type of relationship but he never wanted that to end he wanted it to be like a comic book where they defeat him at the end of the comic book and in the next issue they're back because to him that was kind of the only sort of friendship relationship besides minion that he had ever been able to have yeah they were kind of frenemies like I mean, they, they never kind of grew up together yeah and they never truly despised each other like all their battles were really like superfluous yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, Megamind built this giant invention that now Metro Man has to take down. But it was never like, I hate you as a person and I am going to kill you. It was... Yeah. And, like, they didn't have any... I mean, their backstories are similar, you know, because both of their planets were destroyed. And so yeah, they I mean, both it's, had... To... It's com completely a spoof of Superman. And yeah. His planet blowing up, his parents sending him away and being on Earth, he's different and he has different superpowers, yeah. you know. But it's not like there's a reason for Metro Man to hate megamind you know it's not like megamind killed metro man's parents or anything you know yeah so they're just they've always just been at odds with each other because that's just what the world has given them mm -hmm. it was their lot in life i mean right off the bat their lot in life is metro man ended up in a rich couple's home they didn't have children surprise there's a child there um megamind ended up in a prison and somehow nobody thought a random baby appeared let's take him out <laughs> no, they were just like yep he's just being raised by these crooks and prisoners and, and that's very there's some things about this movie that aren't cartoony but there's also a lot that are like yeah like that and the crooks are just like very evil no one with you know remorse for their actions or whatever <laughs> trying to teach him yeah. to be better than them now they're just like police bad criminal good <laughs> on the playing cards that they show him yeah that that has, Not like, good meme like material. That. It totally is, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great meme format. 
So something else I just think is interesting because Megamind is told his whole life that he isn't capable. He is actually surprised when he does seemingly defeat Metro Man. Like when Minion is like, you did it, sir. I did it. He did it. I did it. And Megamind cannot believe it. He's like, I did, I did it. it. Like, atrocity is back. Yeah. Like he didn't think it would ever actually happen. Mm -hmm. He's never been told he was capable. He's never felt capable. And so he can't believe it when he actually does it. Mm -hmm. Well, the difference is he was never told that he was capable of being a hero. Yeah. And so he did the opposite and somewhat succeeded at being the opposite. But that was never truly what we, what he wanted. Because we see later as, as the movie progresses, he's like, I'm empty now. Like, Then why do I feel so melancholy? Melancholy? unhappy yeah he expresses the dissatisfaction right because yeah. that's not truly what he wanted what he wanted like i said before is to to have that friendship frenemy kind of relationship with metro man and that was just what his purpose was was to create a scenario where metro man had to save the city and so when that doesn't happen you know metro man is gone mm -hmm. um supposedly dead um, he just kind of doesn't know what to do because he never had a plan for what he would do when he took over the city because that was never a possibility. Yeah. And it wasn't a, ever, wasn't ever really going to be a possibility except that Metro Man decided he wanted to quit. Yeah. Which we'll also touch on later in his role in, in everything that happened. Um, but that's just kind of interesting to think about. Like Megamind only succeeded at what he thought he was good at because Metro Man decided he he was done and didn't want to do that anymore yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but it's just kind of no, interesting. that is interesting to think about like that's sad though because that still i didn't realize that it means that megamind still didn't actually like win i guess if mm -hmm. if metro man just you know put up a white flag <laughs> yeah i've never right. thought about that but still that does give him the push you know to begin figuring out who he is and that is really cool because, like, at the end, Metro Man and Megamind are buddies, you know? Yeah. And they are genuinely happy for each other at the very end. Completely, yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Let's see. Touching on the he, him wanting a relationship, he wanted that relationship with Metro Man. Yeah. That friendship, that hero-villain uh, kind of dynamic. That's the word I'm looking for, dynamic. Yeah. That dynamic with them. And that was his whole purpose. And then even after Metro Man was gone and he was trying to figure out what to do with his life when he was like, okay, I'm going to make Hal into a, into a hero that I can fight. He was also pursuing a relationship in a different sense with Roxanne. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of interesting how like everything that Megamind wants out of life has to do with he's having a relationship. Connection. He's seeking connection. Exactly. Because the only person he's connected to is Minion, which is literally a fish. <laughs> Minion is so important, though. I oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, don't let me discount that. Yeah. It's like, but it it doesn't hit quite the same as everyone else he goes through life with. Yeah. Um, he wants that acceptance from other people, and he had to look like another person, but not necessarily behave like another person in order to achieve that. Yeah. So there's even an interesting discussion there in the the fact that, like at the school, like everyone, Megamind was different, and so he was therefore bad. Yeah you know um and that continued into his adulthood and the only reason he was ever able to even start a relationship with roxanne is by looking like somebody he wasn't which is not good you should never pretend to be someone you're yeah. not yeah i mean so i guess there's definitely something to be said about not judging a book by its cover you know mm -hmm. but then again they do talk about that you know when he's like let's say i was bald and had the complexion of of a popular primary color as a random, non-specific example. And Roxanne's like, well, that's totally fine, you know? And he's yeah, like, it's oh, about, that's It's good. about what you do. It's about the person you are that counts. Like, that's a funny line. It's played for last in the movie because it's like, oh, ha, ha. He's like, what if I was Megamind? Would you still like me? You know, but like that is what propels him to continue doing what he's doing. And, yeah. you know, lying to Roxanne, which was not good. Yeah. Like not everything Megamind does in this movie is good. Yeah, he, he is a villain. He is. He's <laughs> definitely a villain, at least at the start. And he learns to be better and to find something more out of life than that. So, yeah, if you're in a relationship with somebody or pursuing one, don't pretend to be someone you're not. If Absolutely. they don't accept you for the if they do not accept you for the person you are, 
then that's on them. Unless they're genuinely a bad person, which is where we get to Hal. Mm-hmm. Oh, because boy. <laughs> Hal is a funny villain and, like, a pitiful villain. He's oh, a total yeah. loser. But he's also really frightening because there are oh, so yeah. many people in reality who are like Hal. Yeah. And if they were given the amount of power that Hal is given. That would be so bad. That's terrifying. Absolutely That's terrifying. really scary. <laughs> and There are something... a lot of people like him that think that women owe him something you know mm-hmm. yeah you know they're typically referred to as incels people who mm-hmm. believe that they are you know be they are challenged in that they don't have good looks or they're not muscular or whatever and so therefore they are not an ideal man and complain about that yeah and they also you know think that just because they do some superfluous kind thing to a woman that they are therefore owed sex they're therefore owed affection and a relationship when in reality they're not you should just be a good person period um and when they are not given that when they start realizing i'm still not you know getting a relationship or gaining affection from this person well now i hate this person and i want to hurt them because of what they've done to me yeah like as a specific example with hal at the very beginning of the movie hal praises roxanne's reporting skills even when the what she said, you know, objectively wasn't that great. You know, she's saying Metro Man's heart is an ocean inside a bigger ocean and all that. Yeah, it's just cheesy news thing. Yeah, it's which just is cheesy. Typical. But when Hal realizes it was her that wrote that bit, he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they let actual art get onto TV these yeah, days. He... And then later when he is evil as Titan and Roxanne is trying to reason with him. He's like, what are you going to do, report me to death? Then he is taking that very same thing that he praised earlier and then using it. Turning it back on her as an insult. Yes, because he was only praising her because he thought that maybe he could get something from her. He could get Mm -hmm. her attention and affections. And when he doesn't, he's suddenly like, oh, well, you were never that good to begin with, you know. Yeah. You're terrible. Now I hate you. You know, I'm I'm better than you. You know, you're not worth it anymore. He's like, I'm over you, though. He, he's clearly not. He's clearly not, you know, and he's just so full of himself. And the fact that he takes out all this anger by destroying the city yeah, is scary. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like I said, if people, if incels in real life had power, you know, they could do that. I mean, I'm sure it happens where mm-hmm. they take their anger out and cause harm to somebody. <laughs> when we were watching the movie, you mentioned something like that, how... When he's upset, he punches the van and he gets angry at the van for breaking his finger. Oh, yeah. He's like, what's wrong with me? Renting a bounty house? Chicks don't like bounty houses. They like clowns. Ow. Oh, stupid van. You broke my finger. But like he was the one who balled his fist and punched the metal side of the van. Uh-huh. But he blames all his problems on something external, something that's not his own fault. It's not his fault he punched the van. It's the van's fault for being made of metal and hurting his finger (laughs) yeah and you know it's roxanne's fault for not recognizing that he's this amazing person and that's bad (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know how to end that thought but yeah i mean i even feel like hal kind of deals with this self-fulfilling prophecy you know because he's you know i feel like this probably isn't the nicest thing to say you know but he's a loser in the movie that's kind of his role he plays as a loser and it kind of just keeps coming back around and he keeps being the loser. And so mm-hmm. once he becomes a hero, he believes that because of that, now there is nothing stopping him and Roxanne from being together because yeah, he believed like, now he I'm, was a loser. Yeah, now I'm tall, I'm handsome, I'm muscular, I have superpowers. And he believed all along that that was the reason. Yeah, that, that was Roxanne, the only reason that Roxanne didn't want to be with him is because he was not conventionally attractive. Yeah, so he made that up in his own mind and got hurt by it, you know? So mm-hmm. And then when prophecy. he still got rejected by Roxanne, he was like, like we said earlier, now he's mm-hmm. like, oh, well then I hate you and I'm going to destroy you and everything you love. Yeah. And I'm going to destroy the city like not good what was his plan for after that <laughs> i don't know like after he destroy does destroy other thing? cities yeah he never made it that far <laughs> he probably <laughs> legit didn't make it that far that this is random but it kind of just the idea of not knowing what who's gonna do that makes me think of again when megamind did finally take over the city at the beginning how he literally didn't have a plan because he like you know, he's like taunting the police officers and getting up in their face like, oh, you can't shoot me and everything. And mm-hmm. he goes to the front 
with Minion. And you can kind of tell like, they actually don't have a plan. And he's literally like, and I yeah. will get back to yeah, you. Yeah, because like, they literally ask him, like, I'm sure we'd all like to know what you plan to do with us and this city. He's like, good question. Yeah. Which is just funny that like he never thought he'd get that far. Right. So, yeah. So I kind of like took that off track, but it was just it's something fine, I it's thought fine. about. Yeah. <laughs> Again, on that scene, just like with the boom box that Minion is holding and he keeps playing the wrong song. <laughs> It's so funny just because there are so many little things in this movie that are like so realistic. Like you're trying to have this like cool moment, but like your boombox keeps playing the wrong song and it's just making you look like a fool in front of everybody. Yeah. Things like that would happen in real life. And like with the, the death ray, it's like, I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Say your own thought. I'm not going to steal it from you. No, you're good. I literally like was thinking about that too, that like it's, he's literally being televised live to the whole city and I don't feel like other superhero movies would do this of where it literally like it's this awkward pause because the sun is warming up or has to warm up. Yeah, the, the death ray. ray. Needs. Yeah, the death yeah. ray. And that's just so funny that it's like this awkward moment of like they have to wait and Megamind is just so frustrated by it. And like it is such a funny thing, but like that would totally happen in real life if that were. Yeah, in a realistic case. superhero <laughs> kind of scenario, because, of course, these highly technical devices would have device malfunctions i mean the most basic technology malfunctions <laughs> mm -hmm. oh and going back to hal um and the way he goes about trying to pursue a relationship with roxanne he does it by you know complimenting her even when he doesn't truly believe things are worthy of being complimented yeah and he uh and, and the way megamind goes about getting a relationship with her is Yes, looking like somebody else, which, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, not good. But he is himself, and he also treats Roxanne like a person. He's interested in who she is as a person. Oh, He's right. not just like, ooh, hot lady, I'm interested in her. No, he, like, wants to learn about her, about her childhood. You know, there's the montage where he's training Titan, and then the moments where he's on dates with Roxanne, and they're talking about their childhoods and their interests, and he's listening to stories that she's telling and her perspective on things and I mean, well, of course, there's the funny bits, you know, where, like, it cuts to them talking and he's like, Oh, that was such a funny story. <laughs> and brilliantly told, by the way. Okay, now you tell one. Which is like, yeah, he is, Megamind is a little full of himself, but, like, he still does genuinely care about Roxanne. Yeah, it's and in a really innocent way. And he does see her as intelligent. That's the thing, like, later, when he shows up at her door and she's like, why are you here? And he, like, admits, he's like, because you're the smartest person I know. Yeah, you're the only person I could think to turn to in this scenario. Yeah. And if we're being real here, yeah, this was after they had their falling out. And yeah, she did not need to let him into her life. Yeah. You know, in reality, you know, someone does that to you. Yeah. Get away from them. That's yeah, you don't good, have but, to give them another chance. But this is a cartoon at the end of the day. It's a family movie. Yeah. I hate saying that. It's like it's 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 just a kid's movie. It's just a cartoon because that's like tearing down animation and animation is cinema okay uh -huh. like it's <laughs> just as valuable as as live action uh projects are but mm -hmm. anyway that's that'll probably be its own episode about For people sure. not taking animation seriously i know how passionate you are about that yeah just look at the most recent academy award nominations across the spider verse got one and just because it was animated <laughs> i'm still i'm salty about that yeah. i'm salty yeah um anyway what was i saying um, we were just talking about, like, Roxanne not having to give Megamind a second chance after he lied to her. Yeah, she didn't need to, um, but she does. And, yeah, and, like, Megamind turns to her because he's like, you're intelligent. You know, I need your help in this scenario. And I think also a huge difference between him and Hal is that when they do have their falling out, when oh, push yeah. comes to shove, um, she finds out, oh, you're Megamind and you're you're manipulating me. You were lying to me. Um I, I would never be with you. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And he accepts her rejection. He accepts the no. He accepts the no and he leaves. But Hal does not accept the no that Roxanne gives him. Yeah. He pushes and pushes and pushes. And eventually when um, he can't do it anymore, he's sick of the rejection. He just decides, well, he now that you've rejected out. me, I, I'm lashing out. Yep. I'm going mm -hmm. to hurt you. I'm going to take away things that you love now. Because yeah. You missed out on me, so now I got to make sure you know it. And it's because Hal doesn't 
think that he's doing anything wrong because in his mind he's the victim in all of this. Yeah, I mean he says in that scene like this isn't right. And listen You're to me supposed to be with me. Oh yeah. He literally says that in to the Roxanne. movie. To Roxanne. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's it is interesting that like in that way I feel like Hal and Megamind are on opposite ends of the same spectrum because Hal doesn't think there's any way he could possibly be a bad guy you know yeah, or that he he doesn't think <laughs> that he could nice possibly guy. be a loser he's a nice guy yeah, that's another one nice of those terms guy. yeah and then on the other end of it megamind doesn't think he could ever possibly be a good guy mm-hmm. so it's just interesting how they're on like opposite ends of that you know it's interesting nice guys think they owe people kindness when they need to get something in return but no as a human being as someone who exists in this world you owe everyone around you kindness yeah but and you shouldn't be expecting anything back for it. So mm-hmm. that is kind of interesting that he is like we talked about. It, he's only nice to Roxanne because he thinks that he's going to get something from her. Yeah. And that's also interesting because another. So, yeah, a big part of this movie is fate and that Megamind believes in fate because of the way everything has gone in his life. He just thinks, oh, well, it was supposed to be this way. And because of this, now I am this villain. And if I was the bad boy then I was going to be the baddest boy of them all. Yeah, so he just accepts what he perceives his fate to be. But also because of that, that is why he picked Hal to be the hero. Because it was an accident that the, like the... That the thing went through the pipes and smacked him in the face. (laughs) Went up his nose or whatever. Yeah, it went up his nose and then... So basically he was chosen to be a hero. And so he thinks, oh, well, this was meant to be. No, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is our hero. You know, and he doesn't learn till the end that fate is what you make of it. Yeah. So then instead of him making a hero out of Hal because it failed spectacularly. Oh, yeah. He makes a hero out of himself because he has complete control in that. Yeah. And he doesn't even do that by giving himself Metro Man's powers or trying Mm -hmm. to be someone he's not. He does that by opposing the evil he sees. Yeah. Even though it's an evil he helped create, which honestly, that's responsible. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. He made that mess and he was determined to clean it up. Mm-hmm. So that was he wasn't just like, well, I'm I'm just going to leave the city. Uh, good luck, everybody. He's like, nope, I got to stop him because in his time there. Yeah, he was rejected by society, but he still fell in love with the city and with Metro Man in a yeah. platonic way. He fell in love with Metro Man and he <laughs> fell in love with Roxanne. Yeah. Um, And he does give apologies to Minion and to like Roxanne, you know. Absolutely. Just because, yeah, he did do something wrong. You know, everybody makes mistakes, but he was owning up to it and he did apologize. It's also a big difference between between him and Hal. Mm -hmm. Hal, like, never apologizes in the movie. Yeah. If he does, it wasn't meaningful at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, because he didn't do anything wrong in his Mm -hmm. eyes. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. A whole other, this is a whole other thing, but just the layers that the metro man twist gives the movie yeah let's talk about metro man yeah like <laughs> enough about how enough about that enough about that <laughs> yeah metro man is really funny because again it's like classic subversion of the trope of this you know fantastical superhero mm-hmm. and it's just really funny um that the movie the way it's set up it would work great to be that, yeah, what if the superhero died? What if the villain won? What would he do? And it mm-hmm. sets up the movie, but and so when it, by the by the time it gets to the midpoint, you don't think about what if he was alive. And so when he is alive, that is a twist. Mm-hmm. But it actually, the twist is important. It's not just for shock value. It's not just yeah. like, well, we brought him back just for the sake of shocking the audience. It genuinely, the way they brought him back was so good for the story and for Megamind. Yeah, because, it's meaningful to the theming of the story because the theming yeah. doesn't hit quite as hard without Metro Man because, like, I assume you were going to talk about how Metro Man gave up on heroing. Um, but he, you know, he talks about in this scene where they go find him, he's like, you know, I had some time to think. He slowed down time, which is kind of, it's kind of a funny scene. But, I like that scene. But he's, he's just like, he realized, I I don't want to be doing this forever. This is not what I wanted out of my life. I'm yeah. only doing this because I was told I was a hero and I had superpowers, but then I realized my true passion lies in, in music. So he decides yeah. I'm going to step away from this um, and I'm going to now pursue what I'm truly passionate about, what I truly want. Granted, probably irresponsible considering Megamind was a supervillain who was going to take over the city. Yeah. But he also understood Megamind 
really well. Absolutely. And he knew that Megamind wasn't truly evil and that he wasn't going to do wrong by the city. Yeah. And because he was willing to just step out and pursue what he actually wanted to do, that, I think, helped Megamind to be able to do that, too, to realize, wait, I don't have to be this way. Yeah. You Metro know? Man was put into a mold. Yeah. That, granted, he fit in pretty well. Yeah. But not completely because it wasn't exactly what he wanted. So by him stepping out of his mold and being what he wanted to be, it allowed Megamind to step out of his, to step yeah. out of that role of, I am a supervillain, I'm I'm the bad guy, I don't get the girl. Yeah. Um, To realizing, well... Maybe I don't get the girl. Maybe I don't have superpowers. Maybe I don't fly off into the sunset. But at least I can fix a problem that I created. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, he was a hero. Yeah. And I think just like a huge lesson, I think, that this movie teaches is also like you can always change like what you're doing in life, like your life path, whether it's like a career or hobbies or like where you live, anything like that. If it's just not suiting you anymore, you don't have to live that lifestyle or be that person forever you know mm -hmm. like if yeah if your career is no longer suiting you if it's just you know if you're a different person than you were when you started it you can step away from it you know yeah i mean even i found that out you know in college you know i wanted to pursue animation i wanted to graduate with honors from an animation program and go work at pixar um, that that was my lifelong dream since I was a kid. That's what I always wanted. And getting into that program and starting that, I realized I'm not cut out for this. I'm not good at this. Um, and I came to terms with the fact that, you know, I can still love animation. Of course. And I can still love studying film, even if that doesn't end up being my career path. I mean, here I am making a podcast talking about movies and hoping someone is listening. You know, yeah. it's like that's it's still my way of putting that energy out into the world and being like, Hey, I love movies. I want to tell people about it. Yeah. It's still a way that I can do that. Um, but it, maybe it wasn't the path that I initially thought I was going to be taking. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know what path I'm going to be taking in life. And that's okay. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. So I can still take the time to address and pursue my passions in my own way. Be that watching movies and stuff, studying them, making a podcast about it, things like that, learning all I can about it. I can still do that. And that's totally okay. And I'm, I'm content with that. That's really cool. Yeah. N not to say that like this movie inspired me to do that, but it's just like a real world example of that happening is me. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's the cool thing about movies is it can appeal to a lot of people in different ways. You know, even if it's not like the intended message or not, you know, like we are supposed to relate to movies and their stories and they are supposed to help us and teach us as well as being entertaining. Like that's the, that's the point of movies I think is. Yeah. To be entertainment, but to give us new perspectives to mm -hmm. help us learn something that we might not have been able to learn otherwise. Like, yeah, you know, we can learn about cultures that we'll never be able to experience um, in our own lifetimes, you know, in real life. You know, I might not be able to travel to a place and learn about those kinds of people, but I can watch movies that break that down. Like, I think Soul is a good example of that because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm never going to understand the black community being a white person. I'm never going to be a part of that or be able to understand that mm -hmm. or experience that. But through that movie, that community got to tell me what it's like Yeah, and talk about what's important to them. And that's just really interesting because that is the only way I could have learned about that mm -hmm. is through film. Yeah. And, and through really those cool. people telling through those their people stories. telling it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just really unique and movies are awesome. And I love them. If you couldn't tell already, I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about Megamind for, over half an hour well over half an hour at this point <laughs> and just more things about metro man as well is that like yeah you're saying how it, it was maybe irresponsible that he did just leave the city to megamind even though he he probably knew that megamind was somewhat harmless mm -hmm. you know that the city would be fine yeah but you kind of got to uh, admire the fact that when he said he was done he was done and even later when it's like another little twist where it's like oh my gosh metro man came back but it's like actually just megamind in disguise Mm -hmm. You know, but it seems like plausible that like, oh, my gosh, he came back, but he doesn't. Yeah, and that's realized kinda, the that's error cool. of his ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool that he was like, nope, I'm done. And he stuck with that. I mean, and the, heck, they came to him and they said, look, there is a super villain ripping apart in this city. We need your help. And he's like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. He says, I am done. I'm wondering, like, this probably isn't the main point of that, but it also maybe it makes me think of burnout, you know, like he mm -hmm. was probably just. Like, even if he enjoyed being a hero, 
he probably just got burned out being a hero. Yeah, it was the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and he talks about that. Like, he just wasn't feeling it anymore. He was just kind of going through the motions of being a hero. Yeah. We're also just talking about, like, again, like, how this movie subverts a lot of, like, expectations of the superhero genre. And -hmm. also something that's interesting that even though this movie has Megamind's perspective as a villain, the other characters in this movie aren't, you know, the bad guys just because they're good. Like, even Metro Man, he's not, like, a bad guy. And he's not even secretly, like, a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, you get movies like the the Disney, like, Maleficent, where they're like, oh, here's the story told from the villain's perspective. Oh, yeah, it turns out the king who's a good guy, he's actually terrible. He's the bad guy. It's like, mm-hmm. that's cheap, though, because that's not offering a different story. It's just switching the roles. Yeah. But in this story, no one except for Hal. Hal is very bad. Yeah, he's, like, the but true bad he's, guy. He's the true bad guy um megamind and metroman are both good people yeah that is interesting and it kind of just goes to show that nothing is really black and white you know like good people bad people you know like yeah this uh what is the show the joss whedon show um this show reminded me a lot of uh dr horrible sing-along blog that was it um i don't think i've heard of that yeah it's something that joss whedon and uh, i think some of his brothers worked on it's like neil patrick harris nathan fillion it's like it's just this cute little musical miniseries it's like the whole thing is like 40 minutes long and it's it's really funny and it reminded me a lot of megamind because it's like oh the pitiful villain and and the hero but like like you were talking about metro man is not a bad person and dr horrible sing-along blog captain hammer who's the good guy he's not like he's not a good person he's he is kind of like sexist and extremely full of himself um I, I, like again i don't know where i was going with that but it was just yeah. interesting because when i watched that a few weeks ago i was like oh this is a lot like megamind but like thinking about it now like there are still some differences in that it did do the whole oh the the villain is actually the good guy and the and the good guy is actually the bad guy here but in megamind it's like no they're they're all they're they're good enough people you know yeah. they're decent people we will say I, I don't i wouldn't go so far as to say morally gray um, yeah because like the bad things megamind is doing are not like actually bad like he's not killing people except metro man but like i don't know like it feels weird to call megamind he's a villain with a capital v but he's not villainous if you know what i mean by yeah that. he's like chaotic for sure and like playful mm-hmm. you know and i mean like, he even him, calls it a game he does he's like this isn't how you play the game and to him it is a game throwing cars around making targets making huge machines running around it is just a game to yeah, him. Beating up Metro Man and, uh, you know, when he th- even when he thinks he's defeated at the beginning of the movie, uh, they're all just like, yep, same time next week. Okay, like, see you guys. And then yeah. Metro Man does his whole <gasps> copper thing. Copper. <laughs> or then even when Hal supposedly defeats Megamind, he's like, oh, good show. Go on and take me to jail now. And he's like, oh, no, no I was thinking the morgue. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and, and he's like, like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which just goes to show, yep, Hal is a really bad person because mm-hmm. Megamind wronged him for sure. Um, but he's just like, cool, I have to kill you now instead of like Me- Megamind and Metro Man did. It's like, well, I'm just going to take you to jail. Whoop-de-doo, you'll escape next week and we'll just do this whole rigmarole again. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about Minion. He's the MVP. We love Minion. I love the dynamic that Minion and Megamind have. It is so funny and playful and it is interesting because it's like they grew up together but also minion was given to megamind to be a protector a companion once he was yeah. sent off his like off the planet and so in a way like i don't mm, i don't know if saying he was like a parent figure i don't know if that's quite right because they kind of grew up together maybe and they're not, like best buddies you know yeah brothers maybe i would say more like brothers yeah yeah but even just we're man just watching it through again we noticed so many great details one that I think, I think Nathan, I think you noticed was when Megamind is kind of at his lowest point, he says, I'm going home. And where does he go? He goes to the prison because that's where he thinks he belongs. Oh my gosh. That that's like, where he's oh. likely spent most of his time is in prison. And so that's where he ended up as a baby. So when he says like, I'm going home, he's not going back to his evil lair. He goes back to the prison and he turns himself in. I never realized that before. And when Nathan said that, like, I was just like, oh, Taking that's so sad. Yeah. Like. And then even then in the prison, like at this point in the movie, the low point, 
Megamind and Minion are on bad terms, but Minion is there in disguise as the Warden. And even while they are, you know, they've been butting heads there fighting, and Megamind probably thinks he's never going to see Minion again, even when all this is happening, Minion is secretly there as the Warden, still doing his job of watching over Megamind. And that, like, to me was, like, so touching. I don't know why. <laughs> and then they're able to fix, you know, the misunderstandings and Megamind is able to, like, apologize and they're back. But yeah. it is just so sweet, I think, just how Minion, even when at odds, was still doing what his job always was, is looking over Megamind. Yeah. And I just, I had never noticed that before and I just loved it. That is really cool. Sorry, tangent, but J.K. Simmons is the warden in this movie. Yeah. And I love everything J.K. Simmons does. Like, he (laughs) brings it. Yeah. Like, the warden has, like, ten lines in the whole movie max. And the fact that they got J.K. Simmons to do that, I think, is really awesome. That is really funny. J.K. Simmons does some really good voice acting work. Remind me what other things J.K. Simmons does. He's the villain in Kung Fu Panda 3. Uh, Okay. He's also, I don't know if you you haven't watched Invincible, right? But he's he's Omni-Man in Invincible. And he's so good in that. Um, I don't know. J.K. is just J.K. Wow, I cannot talk to save my life. J.K. Simmons is a really awesome actor, and I remembered that it was him while while we were watching this and got excited. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Yeah, when you recognize anyway. someone, like you recognize a voice, yeah, in a show, and you get really excited when you're right about who it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and just also, like I think the best one of the best lines in this movie is just when Megamind is kind of running away from hell. He's trying to get to the invisible car, and he says, There's a benefit to losing. You get to learn from your mistakes. And that line is just so good. And it mm-hmm. sums up Megamind's character really well, you know? And sums up why Hal has utterly failed, because Hal was a loser, but Hal wasn't learning from his mistakes. He was yeah. refusing to even acknowledge his mistakes. He was yeah. just like, well, it's other people's fault. Uh huh. That I'm this way, or that they don't like me. Um, so that's just another thing that differentiates Hal from, uh, from Megamind and the mm-hmm. other people in the movie. Yeah, I just I love that, and that's just good to know in life, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say that it's like, oh, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, all that. But I just like the way like this one is phrased, you know, like that there is a benefit to losing, you know. You get the chance to learn from your mistakes. It's like yeah, and to do it's better a privilege. Next time. It's a gift to be able to learn from your mistakes. And, I just like it. And Megamind did exactly that. Yeah. So I really he like rose that. Up. Uh-huh. And I also just like how this movie has like somewhat of a circular ending. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, of course, with him falling from the sky. But also just at the beginning where there's kind of like a party for Metro Man and he's there and there's a whole crowd of people and he breaks through the brick wall and he's like, put your hands in the air and everything. And at the end, that also gets to happen with Megamind. He gets to have that moment to shine. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of you know, a callback to the beginning of the movie. And just circular endings, are co- they're cool. I like mm-hmm. them. It kind of just wraps up the story in a nice little bow. And what are you saying about like how everyone kind of does get a happy ending? Everyone who deserves a happy ending in this movie, not Hal. Everyone <laughs> in this movie who deserves a happy ending gets one. Yeah. You know, Roxanne, you know... What does Roxanne get? <laughs> I'm like, everyone gets a happy ending. Except Roxanne. Except Ro- no. <laughs> Roxanne, I guess she gets Megamind. She gets the friendship in that. And, um, and I love how they leave that open. Yeah. It's like it's not blatantly obvious that they're still pursuing a relationship. Because, I mean, that was a rocky start. Yeah. And, like, if they had been, like, kissing and stuff at the end. And it's like, yay, they're together now. It's like. They're not necessarily. They could just be really, really good friends, and that's fine. Yeah, like, she kisses his cheek in, like, the last scene. But that's just, you know, like, that doesn't have to be a romantic thing. It It can also just be acknowledging what they did have. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a kiss of appreciation, too. And celebration, you know? Yeah, and that's cool. So it's not like them being the whole movie, like, oh, man, hell doesn't get Roxanne, you Mm -hmm. know? Roxanne's not a prize to be won and then at the end they'll be like, Ooh, Megamind won her because he did a good thing. It's like, no, they that 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 isn't what happened. And I think that's cool. That's definitely the filmmakers being very aware of the message they're trying to send. Yeah. And, and the characters. And that too. I mean, maybe that's what Roxanne gets is like everyone saw her as a damsel in distress and everyone is shocked to learn that she and Metro Man were not dating. Yeah, you know? that was a whole thing. So like that's when, what she gets, you know. Yeah. She's able to 
Because, yeah, she, like, fell into that damsel in distress stereotype. Mm-hmm. Just because he, she was always the one that Megamind was kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Probably because they were perceived as, uh, because he thought, oh, Roxanne is is the girlfriend, so I have to kidnap her. So it's interesting. We don't even really see how she fell into that role. If maybe, Again, like, maybe she was just, like, reporting Metro Man at some point, or there was just banter or something, and then Megamind was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm but kidnap her. Yeah, but she's like, you know, Metro Man was not my type. And I even thought that was cool. just, I thought he was just kidnapping her because he likes her as well. You know, like maybe just. Oh, that. that's definitely part like, of it too, I'm sure. reporter lady. Yeah. She's cool. I'm and as much kidnap- as we're praising Megamind, if you like someone, don't kidnap them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a great idea to kidnap someone. I actually heard about that in our theater class in high school. They did, oh, what was the show? I don't remember what it was, but. Was it Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? I don't quite remember. Um, but she, our choir, our choir director, my goodness, um, our theater director said that pr- in preparation for the show as part of the bit, um, all the boys that were in like the main roles like oh. literally kidnapped all the girls as a prank, but they all had like, it was like super traumatic for them because like, yeah, yeah like they didn't reveal themselves immediately to be those people. Like that, that must have been like a plot point of the show, but they were just like, as a fun thing, they were like, oh yeah, let's just kidnap these girls. But that's like, that probably gave them lifelong trauma, like to yeah, be kidnapped scary. and shoved into an unknown vehicle with people you don't know. That would be horrifying. That would be really, really scary. And then like, that would just, yeah. Make I don't know tensions if not... high for the oh, rest yeah. of the entire production. Yeah. That would not so, be great. <laughs> yeah. The moral of the story is don't kidnap people. Should go without saying. That's not the only moral. There's a oh, lot yeah, that, of great the, morals. Like, that is, that's what we're leaving you with. That's our, the takeaway. Our audience takeaway from this movie is don't kidnap people. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> but in any case, definitely the takeaway I think would be that, you know, fate doesn't just have to be something that happens to you. It can be what you make of it, you know? Like, again, you can always change your life path. It doesn't have to be what you think has been carved out for you or like how you grew up, where you're from how other people perceive you like that doesn't have to be you it doesn't have to be who you are yeah it's like you're born into a situation you're giving you're given the cards you're dealt your lot in life but that yeah. doesn't mean you have to keep that keep that yeah you don't have to stay within that conform you don't have to conform to that mm-hmm. you can break away from that you can make out of your life what you want to make out of it make your own meaning out of your own life mhm yeah and it's i would say it would be cool to see moving forward like what Mega Mind does do, except <laughs> except we see what he does and we sequel, don't care. And I kind of don't like what they're gonna do. I I'm not like I'm still trying to even debate if I'm even gonna bother watching it because it's like, do I want to just see the bad trailer and be like, okay, I've seen enough. I'm just gonna keep the movie close to me mm-hmm. and just say like that's the only canon part of this. Yeah, because I don't know if I want to see what happens in that just because whether we like it or not, that does taint the yeah. legacy. You know, it does. So anyway, uh, yeah, don't know about the Megamind sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I love how this movie kind of leaves it open. You know, it's like now Megamind can be whoever he wants, you know, and shows the audience. Now you can be, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. You Do know, we need a sequel? To. Probably not. I mean, mm. most movies probably don't need sequels, you know, right. but like, I'm so glad we got all the Toy Story sequels, you know? Yeah. And, like, some things need sequels. Like, Fellowship of the Ring obviously needed a sequel because it's only one part of the story. Infinity War needed a sequel because it was only one part of the story. Yeah. But Mega Man was a very complete and whole story on its own. And so... It doesn't need that. This one didn't need it. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even go so far as to say... Sorry, I'm just looking at the posters we have on our wall. Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> was a very complete story on its own. But I am so glad we got across the Spider-Verse because that might be my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And now that in itself needs a sequel because that one is only part of a story as well. But Megamind was not one of those things. It didn't necessarily need more. I think I, I might have said this at the beginning of the episode or just when we were talking. But like, of course, like I would have been happy to have a Megamind sequel, but one made by the DreamWorks main studio yeah. of their highest quality. Yeah. And if it was a story that they felt was good, because that's the thing I admire about Pixar is that Pixar makes sequels when they believe that there is a story they want to tell yes granted it could be argued that some of them maybe aren't quite that way mm-hmm. um but that's debatable you know yeah and i, that's I keep getting off too. on a tangent but what i'm trying to say is megamind didn't need a sequel and the sequel we're getting is not going to be good 
I mean, it's like, I guess, again, that's also, like you said, debatable. Like, when Pixar has a story they want to tell, because, like, probably everyone has a story they want to tell. Even mm-hmm. if it's, like, a bad movie, it is still a story that somebody wanted to tell. Is you it? Know? Not, I feel like not always, well, though. Because a lot of sequels are just studio executives being like, hey, you need, you need to make another one of this because we need more money. Okay, that's true. <laughs> and that that's not a creative being like, I've wrote this story and I want to tell it. That is creatives being told by people in suits how to yeah. do their job when in reality the people in suits have no clue yeah about any of this or why the originals were successful mm-hmm. and like it's so interesting to me that like they're making this sequel in the sequel series to megamind and dropping it on peacock yeah so it's like clearly this never had any faith on it to begin with you know if they Ugh. truly felt like we have something here we want to be made like if they think they're they're gonna get more subscribers to Peacock after releasing those trailers, they're sorely mistaken. I mean, like Megamind is a very popular character, but that's because uh, I feel like that's why they made this because it's like, oh, Megamind's popular. Yeah, people like Megamind. Oh, look, this person on this Reddit post said they want a Megamind sequel. Well, better get on that. Yeah. Oh no, we're not sinking two hundred million into this. Nah, just, just make it on Peacock and give it to that team. You guys need to be working on. I don't even know what Trimix is working on right now, but whatever their next big high profile movie is. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to think about, but get shrekt. Get shrekt. <laughs> Sent to the basement. Yeah, they are working on Shrek Five actually. Oh, there supposedly. you go. So hopefully that'll be good. Yep. They waited a long time, so I hope it's good. I mean, after Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which we should probably also talk about in an episode. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Um, I'm hoping that Shrek Five is really good. But yeah. Uh, was there any other points you wanted to talk about in regards to Mega Mind? I think that's pretty much it. So if you have stayed till the end, thank you. Thank you for listening to all of our tangents and our thoughts on this movie hopefully if you're still listening it means you like megamind as much as we do yep. in that case you're awesome <laughs> we like you already yep and also join us in not watching the new megamind content <laughs> not that we're boycotting it but it's just like i don't i don't care it's not gonna be good yeah it's, if it's just gonna like leave a bad taste in my mouth i don't like, want to watch the point? it yeah so yeah i guess what we want to leave you with is just the message that megamind left you with you can learn from your mistakes even if you uh are quote unquote a loser even if you lose mm-hmm. and you can change your life path at any time you don't have to be the mold that you grew up being yep make your own meaning make mm-hmm. your life the way you want it to be make your own destiny make your own fate yep <laughs> <laughs> and with that i think we'll end it here so i'm hannah i'm nathan this is sitting on the remote and thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time yep see you everyone bye <laughs>